Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's panel discussion on the young CIO. In this segment, four CIOs discuss the very different career paths they've taken, their thoughts on the youth versus experience debate, and the added pressures they've faced in establishing themselves as leaders. Hi guys, thank you so much for all taking the time to talk. Um, should be a really interesting discussion. So to give our readers and listeners a little bit of background information, um, if you could just do a quick introduction by you know, stating your name, obviously, and then giving um, a brief overview of your organization. Um, let everyone know uh, who you are. So um, Brian, we'll start with you. Hi, yes. Thanks for the, the invite. I'm Brian Blivin. I'm the Chief Information Officer at the University of Missouri Healthcare. We're an academic medical center in the middle of the state of Missouri. We have a five-hospital system with approximately 57 ambulatory locations uh, spread throughout mid-Missouri. Hi, I'm David Chow. I'm the Chief Information Officer for the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Uh, similar to Brian, we are an academic medical center. We are the only academic medical center in the state. We have over seven hospitals, about 30-plus various clinics, and what makes us unique is that we have a consolidated model. So I, I have direct responsibility for all healthcare vertical, uh, higher education, and the research vertical. Hi, I'm Joey Hobbs, the Community Hospital Anderson CIO. Uh, we're a single hospital, 207 beds, and we also um, own and operate five nursing homes. And we're an affiliate of the Community Health Network. Um, within Indianapolis where our single hospital is located about 30 minutes northeast of Indianapolis. Hi, I'm Anna Terman with Shattern Community Hospital. I'm the CIO as well as the COO. Uh, we're a critical access hospital located in the northwest part of Nebraska. We're small but mighty. We also have uh, long-term care assisted living, many community clinics, uh, rural health clinics, as well as home health hospice and much more. We are 53 miles from the next critical access hospital and 100 miles from the next largest hospital. Okay. And just to give kind of a, a brief overview of how long you've been at your organization and uh, the path that, that took you to the CIO role, just to kind of further lay that groundwork. Um, Brian, can you start with this? Sure, absolutely. I've been at MU Healthcare for about five years in my current position for about two years. Prior to that, I onboarded as Director of Applications and Operations for the IT Department. And uh, my interim role, I was first named Interim Chief Information Officer uh, prior to being named uh, the permanent. Hi, this is David. I've been in my current role at the University of Mississippi Medical Center for a little bit over a year and a half. I've been in healthcare for 13 plus years, prim primarily in the healthcare space. So this is my first venture into the academic side, um, managing students and researchers in, in addition to a, a medical um, medical center. And, and yeah, this is Joey. I've actually uh, been at the hospital for 16 years. I started right out of high school um, working in the storeroom in the winters and mowing the lawns in the summer through college and was able to get into an IT internship and have continuously moved up and been in a CIO position for a little over two years. This is Anna Terman. I have been with the hospital for 14 years. I kind of worked myself up of my way up, much like uh, Joey said he did, um, answering phones to IT director. I've been the CIO for 12 years and the COO for the past two years as well. 
Okay. So as we can see, too, by your organization, it seems like we have a pretty good mix, so I think that that should, that should make for an interesting discussion, too. So um, all of you obviously have one thing in common, being us young CIOs. And this is something that I think is really interesting. And when I did research on young leaders, um, one issue that kept coming up was this debate of you know, youth versus experience, which will often pit things like creativity and familiarity with technologies against the need for, for discipline decision-making and experience in the trenches. And it's something that I'm guessing that you have all heard some of before, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, on this debate and the perceptions of, of that, that young leaders will often face. Um, Joey, do you want to start with this? Sure. You know, I think one of the things that comes to mind is people talk to this. I, I think as you get into the leadership roles, and in my particular situation, uh, growing up in the organization, you know, you, you have to you have a little bit of uh, trust from the organization that's already there because you have grown up, but you also have people that still see you in the roles that you were in prior. Um, and I think it takes a lot of work to show that you have the experience, and, and that's kind of why you were promoted and, and why you've earned those roles that you've moved up to. And I think having that youth, a lot of times, you know, on our our leadership team in our organization, our average tenures at like 28 or 29 years, and I think one of the things is being a, a younger executive that you're able to bring is just ideas that that are fresh. And, and and I think you have to be willing to understand that, you know, just because you're bringing that idea, there may be reasons that it, it doesn't work. But, you know, ha having a team where you're able to bring that and they embrace those ideas, um, you know, you can kind of find the balance of the, the people that are experienced plus the youth and, and hope to continue to innovate things. I could speak off of Joey as well as growing up in the, you know, earning your way, working hard. We're, we're not in our 20s anymore, I'm sure. Um, you know, the frontal lobe, which allows you to do that decision-making, is actually fully developed within your 20s. So I think you can be young and still have decision-making skills, um, and you earn that as time. It's basically a lot of time. And I think the big thing to that is, having the business perspective. When you're growing through the, in the business, you understand the global perspective, and so you're not just thought of as IT. You, they, they also see you as having a global opinion. You're looking at it for the business, not just for IT. This is David. I think Anne hit the mark with uh, what she had just said about looking at it from a business aspect. You know, I was really fortunate early on in my career uh, starting in healthcare where I was an analyst in IT, but you know, the, one of my mentors who was the chairman of the board pretty much told me, roam all the departments in, in the hospital, get to understand the operation, then figure out how this technology fit in. So I think that's a big differentiator, um, I would say, in terms of my knowledge versus some of the other folks who have only been IT, where I actually understand the entire picture um, of a healthcare operation and also going through mergers and acquisitions of acquiring hospitals, um, never sold a hospital yet, but I've always been on the uh, merger side and also being a startup hospital in a greenfield environment, that's also helped me uh, seeing operations from, uh, from the ground up. So I think, you know, understanding the business is a big key component for all future CIOs. And in addition to the fact that you know, I hear all the time, even uh, when I was getting recruited for this role at Mississippi was, the fact that um, I didn't have as many years under my belt versus some of the other candidates who had been in the industry for 30 plus years, but 
you know, my rebuttal to that was the fact that I have seen more in my 15-plus years versus the authority. So I think just understand the business aspect is one of the critical components of a successful future CIO uh, that's, uh, that, that's on the younger generation side, in my opinion. Yeah. This is Brian, and I would just add to that is technology, IT, is a great way to build relationships because a lot of departments obviously have key needs in the technology space, and by being willing to build that network of your peers and leaders in the other areas, uh, it provides a great base for knowledge that you can learn from. And I really relied on those relationships to as I progressed. So as I moved from first director of applications and then to an interim role, uh, I was still reaching out to a lot of the leaders in the other departments and continue to, to this day. There's definitely an evolving learning curve that um, I keep, keep trying to evolve um, myself. But relationships were absolutely key to, to having the organization feel comfortable and uh, in my leadership skills. And then maybe just looking a little older, I, I think I have that as well, unfortunately. <laughs> well, one thing that kind of uh, that lends itself to is when you do step into that CIO role, you know, what you do to kind of establish yourself and, you know, whether that can be a little bit difficult when you are working alongside people who have been um, doing this for a long time. And, Brian, because you, you stepped in from the interim role, I, I want to start with you and just what was your strategy there going from interim to CIO? And just was there anything you kind of did to, to establish yourself as, you know, now I'm the permanent CIO? Missouri is pretty much the, well, known as the show-me state, so it's kind of show me you're doing the role. That was always my, my strategy is, even when I was progressing through my other role, is what does it take to accomplish the tasks that a, a good CIO needs to do, and can I start working on those and, and learning in that space prior to having the job and showing that I'm already, I'm already doing this. So let's, let's move past kind of the, the – uh, into the formality stage out of an interim status because I'm already working on at that level. And that was my, that was how I approached it. And, and I think that that was something that the organization appreciated too is um, I think that there wasn't really a surprise when it evolved to, hey, Brian's now the, the, uh, the permanent CIO was, was just trying to keep improving. And I haven't tried not to change that as I've continued to hopefully grow in my career. And this is Joey. I, I think mine is, is a little bit similar. We actually went for a couple of years of our organization without a CIO um, and, and had dual directors um, kind of leading different sides of the organization. And one of the things as uh, we had a new CEO in place and knew this was a role I wanted to do, I, I enrolled in the, the Chime CIO boot camp and, and it was a necessity for me to get the Chime certification um, for the CHCIO as much for myself, but as to be able to show the organization that, you know, CHIME is the the standard body and that's the only certification out there is to, to show that you know what you're going to need to do um, within this role. So so for myself, that was one of the um, things that I wanted to do. And our new CEO was, was prior CNO at the organization, so it wasn't really a cultural changeover, but there was some changes within the leadership team. And, um, you know, being able to, to get on that team and, and spend more time with the CFO and COO and, and those type of roles was uh, very important for me to be able to establish and, and work with them to, to make sure everybody was on the same page. I'd like to speak off what Joey had to say a bit. I'm similar as we did not have that role existing when I was hired in place. So um, it, the question was, what does it take, and how can I prove the relevance of the role? 
um, and worked from the ground up of a lot of research, a lot of time and building relationships and understanding the processes, um, building it from the ground up because it really didn't exist, exist prior. I had to be the plethora of information for folks um, so they can make informed decisions. So there was a lot of catching up to do. This is David. I had my experience is pretty much the opposite, where I'm walking to the largest department on in the institution, the largest I could have the largest budget on campus. So we have about 400 staff. So you know my role had to be really a really good listener. I had to really listen uh, to as far as to what the employees were advocating. Um, I was also brought in to be a change agent. So at the same time, knowing that we make some various changes for the institution. So. A lot, a lot of listening and lots of relationship building with um, my peers and counterparts in a high, high matrix environment is, is extremely critical. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.